message, and let's see how far we get today. The title of the message is simply this, The Greatest is Still Love. The Greatest is Still Love. The Bible clearly tells us that God is love. Not that God gives love, not that He has love, not that He shares love. God just doesn't just contain love, but God is love, the very essence of God. In other words, if He spoke those words, He would say to us, I am love. I am love. And it's so important what we believe and understand about the love of God in our own lives and toward the rest of the world because God loves everybody. doesn't love me more than you, you more than me. Didn't, didn't love Billy Graham more than he loves you. He loves us all. We are all the apple of his eye. He has inscribed our names in the palms of his hand. He has numbered the hairs on your head. I hope you understand what that means. It's, now, it's, it's a big enough miracle that God knows you've got 4,372,000 hairs on your head. But when one falls out, they're numbered. They're numbered. You get the significance of that. So he knows when one falls out, it was number 1,272,400. Which one fell out? What is man? What is man that he's even mindful of us, the word says. But he loves us and he loves us dearly. And there's nothing you can ever do to get out from under the love of God in this life. Everybody on earth is loved by God. But now, not everybody is always healed of their sickness or their infirmity in this life, but everybody is always loved. See, because God, the, the Bible doesn't say God is healing. The Bible says God is love. He has and gives healing. But it's not that God is healing. God is love. God is joy. No, God is love. He gives joy, but He is love. God is mercy. No, God is love, but yes, of course, he gives mercy. As a matter of fact, the Bible describes him as full of tender mercy. So the very essence of who God is is love. His attributes, the gifts that he gives us. Oh, there are too many to list. I just listed a few, but the list goes on and on and on. It is most important that we understand what the love of God is as well as what the love of God is. Is not. You've heard me say this if you've attended this church for any length of time. I've said it more than once. The love of God, though, as powerful as the love of God is, does not save anyone from their sins. We just sang that. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the love of Jesus? No. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You've got to come under the blood of Jesus to have your sins forgiven. That means that hell has a whole lot of folk that God loved. Because his love alone doesn't save. The blood of Jesus, coming under the blood of Jesus is what saves. I want to read what I believe to be one of the most powerful prayers in the New Testament, second only to the prayers of Jesus and it was one of the prayers by the Apostle Paul prayed over 
the Ephesian church. And let's look at these verses together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, and I love this next phrase, being rooted and established. Some translations say being grounded and planted in love. In love. Not rooted and grounded in faith. Love is before faith. Rooted and grounded in love may have power and when you're rooted and grounded in the love of God, Paul is saying, then you'll have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep, how high is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. The key to being filled with all the fullness of God is the love of God, being filled with the love of God, understanding how powerful the love of God, the pure agape God-Father love is. Now to him who is able, look at this, once we get an understanding of his love, who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And we cannot, you cannot as a child of God struggle. Don't let the father of lies tell you when you fall, when you stumble, when you make a mistake, when you blow it, oops, God doesn't love you anymore because we know he is the liar from the beginning as we looked at last Sunday and the father of all lies. There is nothing you can do in this life to come out from under the love of God. Nothing. Now that, you know, that just, again, transcends our, our uh, certainly transcends our, our understanding Completely when we understand. That means the worst criminal, I don't want to be graphic in describing any, God still loves them. Because it's the only hope of mankind to ever be free from the grip of sin, to be free from the father of lies. And so what that means for me, among other things, is that everything that I should be doing and will do and am doing must be motivated by love. It must be motivated by love. Everything I do in service to my God, everything I do in service to my family and to the world and to others must be motivated by love or it does not matter and just go on your own time to 1 Corinthians 13. It does not matter. It just makes a bunch of noise if, you don't, if what you do is not motivated by love. As important as faith is, as important as hope is, according to the Scripture, love is still the greatest. The greatest is still love. Folks, I, I, I hope you understand that I worship Him 
because I love him. It's really as simple as that. Now, I could easily give many other reasons for worshiping him, but it all comes down to this, at least it's supposed to. I worship God because I love him. I don't worship him because I'm afraid of him. I don't worship him because I want to feel better about myself. I don't worship him so that others will see me. I don't worship him because I need something from him. I worship God because I love him. I obey him because I love him. I serve him because I love him. I tithe and I give offerings because I love him. I attend worship services, Bible study, prayer meeting because I love him. I forgive those who sin against me because I love him. I stand before you today after 31 years because I love him. I haven't quit because I love him. I'm not weary either because I love him. Oh, the benefits that come simply from loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. When I'm rooted, the Apostle Paul prayed, when I'm rooted and grounded, established in his love first, then I have power. Don't miss that together with all of God's people, to grasp just how high, how long, how far, how deep, how huge, if you will, how immeasurable the love of Christ. Earlier, my wife said, nothing can separate us, nothing. If God be for you, who can be against you? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And to know this love, the apostle prayed, that surpasses knowledge. In other words, I know God is love and I know God loves me and I know I love God, but ask me to define or explain his love. Who can, really? Who can? It surpasses knowledge. It's unexplainable, if you will. It's supernatural, eternal, of, of and from the heart of God. You see, because I love him, don't miss it, I know, because I love him, I know he's able to do immeasurably more, exceedingly more than I can imagine according to his power, the power of that love that works in me. Now, if somebody says, I love God, oh, and people say that. A lot of people say that. I love God. But they have no worship life, no prayer life, no community of faith, no clear testimony, no evidence of any spiritual disciplines in their lives, and they do not love God. They do not love God. It's cliche. It's religion, but it's not love. They don't love God. 1 John 5, verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know. That we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. By loving God and obeying him. Verse 3, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, to obey his word, to do what he says. And his commands, his word, his instructions are not burdensome. Let me tell you something. If you feel like it's a burden serving God, you don't know the love of God at all. You're not walking in his love. You're not believing in his love for you. 
Because it is not burdensome. It's not grievous to serve God. On the contrary, it's the best life there is. There is nothing that compares to a life walking hand in hand with God in this world until we see Jesus face to face. This is the love for God. Do what he says. Now, let's understand something. God has not instructed and commanded us to like everybody. (laughs) But he commanded us to love everybody. He doesn't command us to accept everybody, to fellowship with everybody, to trust everybody, but he has called us to love everybody, to show them his love. I've said this before, but it bears repeating right here. You can only love God as much as the person you love the least. Let that just sink in a minute. That's what scripture says. You can only love God as much as the person in your life or the person in the world, the person around you that you love the least. Because the proof of my love for God is found in my love for others. So don't confuse loving someone with liking someone. My friend, I'll go ahead and put myself out there on on this one. I love a whole lot of folk that I don't like. And some of y'all know, but I'm just saying, I love a whole lot of folks I don't like, I don't approve of, but I love them. I better, because again, I can only prove my love for God and how I love someone else and and others. So it's not about liking them. You're going to love people you don't like. God doesn't even like you much of the time. He don't like me a lot of the time, but he still loves me. I'm grateful for that. This flesh gets in the way and it's like, oh, again? Really? So God don't even like us all the time, but he loves us. He loves us. He loves us unconditionally. There's nothing we can do to ever step out from under the love of God or to, or, to, or to flee far enough to get away from the love of God. His love is always with us. You see, we cannot just love people we approve of. We've got to love people we don't approve of. You see, nobody that is bound by sin and darkness, they don't need people to like them. There's no redemption in someone liking them. The only redemption is is in the love, the agape, supernatural, unconditional love of God shown towards them. They need someone to extend God's love to them, which has the power to awaken them to their sin and give them an invitation to come under the blood of Jesus. So God's not expecting us to like everybody, nor has he asked us or instructed us to like everybody, but he has asked us, instructed us, commanded us to love everyone. I've been through stuff in my life that didn't go my way. I know I'm not the only one in this room. And during those times, I would find that I didn't like God very much. Can we be real? Anybody, anybody real in this room? Times that you go through, disappointments, 
It just didn't go your way. They passed away anyway. They were taken from you anyway. And you go through those seasons where you just don't really like God very much. But whatever you do, don't stop loving him. If you'll continue to love him, he'll bring you through. You'll continue to love him, he'll bring you through. I mean, you, you, you know, in these, in these times, there are going to be people you're going to have to unfriend and unfollow and unlike, but whatever you do, don't unlove them. Because if you unlove someone, you are unloving God. And this unconditional love for one another, it starts in the house of God. It starts among the family of God. We, we, we must be known, Scripture says, for our love for one another. But just let me tell you something. You can like a person only so far. And if you don't love them, you stop liking them and there's nothing left. But if you know you love them, you don't have to like them. You don't have to approve of them. But you have to love them. That's the only way they're going to know the love of God is through you and I. You might, you might even serve somebody that you like for a little while. But you will not continue serving them unless you truly love them. To serve someone without loving them is nothing but a clanging brass in God's sight. In other words, it's just a bunch of distracting noise. Whatever you do, do not serve a God that you do not love. Do not obey a God that you do not love. Do not think you can serve a God that you merely like because something will happen that doesn't go your way and if you only like God, you will turn away from Him. 1 John 4, let's keep reading about love. We, we Verse 19, we love because He first loved us. Wow. Why do I love you? Because God first loved me. Why do I love Him? Because He first loved me. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister, is a liar. Now, how tragic is that? And let me tell you why, what makes that even more tragic than if it said this, whoever claims to love God and hates another person, a, a sinner, isn't, isn't it tragic that John is having to write to believers to say, if you claim you love God and you hate your brother or your sister, your spiritual brother or your sister, you mean that happens in the family of God? Unfortunately, yes. How tragic beyond tragic. And if you claim you love God and you're not speaking to your brother or your sister, you're a liar. That's the word of God. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command Anyone who loves God must also love their brother also. Over the last few years, seem, seemingly more than ever in the history of our nation, there are a few things that attack love like political disagreement. Political posturing and positioning. There are too many members in the body of Christ, in the household of faith, who have more love for identity politics than they do for God and for one another. 
as children of God, our identity is found in Christ and Christ alone, not in a party, not in a political platform, not in an election result either. We cannot any longer be known for things like that. We must be known for our love for God and our love for one another. And that should have gotten a standing ovation, actually. Not because I said it, but because it's true. We cannot any longer be identified through politics or parties or elections, but that we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love one another no matter what, and our identity that is in that shared, that like, precious faith that we share together. The world is supposed to be able to look at us as God's people and see how we love one another. They're to be able to look at us and know whether we are God's children by our love for one another, how we serve one another, how we care for one another, how we love them who are outside of the community of faith, how we serve and care for them. And folks, this is the season every calendar year where nothing but opportunities abound around us to show the love of Christ to the world around us. Don't miss any opportunity for that. You know what? It's actually, it's easier to love people you don't even know. <laughs> Come on now. The hardest people to love you are related to. <laughs> Sorry to say, but we know how true that is. <clears throat> Jesus speaks about this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have, heard you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. <clears throat> that you may be children of your Father in heaven... He causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Look at this. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? In other words, that's Jesus' way of saying, whoopee-doo. That does not mean a thing. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Hmm. There is a perfection in the Spirit that happens when we walk in love, not, again, just to those that love us, certainly not, not to those we don't know, even to those that do know you, that have turned on you, that have despitefully used you, that are persecuting you in, in, in an intentional way. Love them and pray for them. Oh, I do. I pray, God, send fire down on them. <laughs> now, don't cross any lines and believe that your praying is actually cursing. Be careful with that. It is the love of God poured upon us by the Holy Spirit that guards us from hatred 
Romans 5, 5 is that verse. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I don't know, maybe the reason some of y'all are struggling to love, if you're struggling to love somebody today, if you're struggling even in loving God and believing he loves you, maybe you're trying a little too hard. Hmm? I'm trying to love him. I'm, I'm trying to, well, until you stop trying to love, you'll never love. Hmm. Now, we've all grown up hearing this, and some of you still maybe adopt this as part of your life motto. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Proverbs 13, 13. Not. That is not in the Bible. That's a doctrine of devils. Now, stay with me. Pinned by the father of lies and designed to keep people stuck where they are, never making progress in any area of their lives. The word try does not appear in the holy book. God has never told us to try. He's never said just try to believe. He's never said just try to have faith. He's never asked you to try. Never has he instructed or commanded or directed me or you to try. He's never told you to try to be born again, to try to love him, to try to have peace, to try to serve him, to try to love others. The whole idea as a life strategy of if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, is a lie perpetrated upon humanity by the devil himself. Let me tell somebody in this room today, the reason you aren't free is because you're still trying to be free. Let me tell this side. The reason (laughs) you're not free is because you're stuck trying to be free. Friend, the reason is because you're still trying. Oh, I'm just trying to walk in freedom. Stop trying to walk in freedom and walk in freedom. Hallelujah. The reason you can't shout is because you're still trying to shout. I'm just trying to give God praise. Stop trying to give God praise and give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, I'm trying to love God. Stop it. Stop trying to love God and love Him already. The reason you haven't overcome is because you're still trying to. The reason some Christians don't tithe, you knew I was going there, is because you're still trying to. The reason so many Christians don't have a prayer life is because they're still just trying to. And as long as you have the mindset, uh, I'm still trying, you will never do it. You will never break that destructive lie off of your life. I can do. Not I'm still trying to do. No, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Hallelujah. Now, I know this is simple, but God reveals himself to the simple. Get a hold of this today. How do you think the devil establishes destructive habits and destructive addictions in your life? Uh, He says, uh, just give it a try. Oh, just try it once. Friend, who are you listening to? 
Some of you have always believed that the Holy Ghost was telling you just get up and try again. Well, I've got news for you. It was, it is, and it always will be the devil telling you that because Jesus never said, if you love me, try to obey me. He he never said, if you are my disciple, try to take up your cross and follow me. He never said, if you confess your sins, I'll try to forgive you. He never said, if your brother offends you, try your hardest to forgive him. He never said, if your brother despises you, try to bless them anyway. He never said, fear not, try to believe. Jesus never prayed, Father, that they may try to be one. He never said to Peter, as the waves and the winds were blowing on that stormy sea, and Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, okay, Peter, try. Come on now. I'm so thankful for the example of the ages that has been so consistent when the odds were stacked against God, when the enemies of God had him outnumbered, when the devil's plan seemed to be succeeding, when it seemed the multitude was going to go hungry, when it seemed like the wedding feast had run out of wine, when it seemed like death had won. I'm so God that, glad that God never said, well, let me try and see what I can do. No, God just steps in and does it. Hallelujah. He's never told his servants to give it your best try. He's never told you and he's never told me to try and be free, to try and love, to try and serve, to try and give, to try and pray. He has told us to do it and he's given us the power of his spirit so that we can do it. Hallelujah. Until you stop trying, you will never succeed. Armies don't go into war to try to defeat the enemy. They go into war to defeat the enemy. Could you imagine the general standing now? Now, men, before we go in to engage the enemy in this battle here, I just want you to give it your best try. You know, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't, but the main thing that counts is you gave it your best. No, men, we're going in there to kill every one of them. They're all dying. The victory is ours. They go in with a winning strategy, with a winning mindset. Not I'm going to try the best I can. No, I'm going in there to defeat the enemy in the power and the might of Jesus. What if David, what if David faced Goliath? (laughs) with a mindset of I'm going to try and kill him. I'm going to just, I'm going to try and do my best. The story would have ended quite differently. But no, David resolved in his heart, Goliath, you're going down today. I didn't come here to try to kill you. I came here to kill you. Hallelujah. Oh, we read that in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. David said to the Philistine, Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I came, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, God will deliver you into my hands. This day, I will strike you down and I will cut off your... Man, can you see the result? Was there any try? Was David a trier? No, David was a doer. Hallelujah. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. There's no trying in that. No trying in that. He knew the victory was his. My friend, you didn't try to come to church today. Come on. You didn't try to get out of bed this morning. You got out of the bed. Well, I'm going to go to church today. I'm going to try my best to praise God. I'm going to try to be friendly. I'm, I'm going to try to be glad I'm there. I'm going to try to receive something from the Word today. I'm going to try, my friend, roll over. Pull the cover over your head and go back to sleep. Don't bother. Don't even bother. My friend, you'll never start forgiving until you stop trying to forgive. You'll never start loving until you stop trying to love. You'll never start winning until you stop trying to win. You'll never be victorious until you stop trying to be victorious. Why does Jesus tell us that uh, we cannot enter the kingdom of God unless we come like a child? Why does he put, the, uh, when asked what is an example or a sample of greatness, according to Jesus, he presents them with a child because children don't try to trust, they trust. Children don't try to love, they love. Children don't try to forgive, they forgive. Uh, Daddy, I'm going to try to love you today. I'm going to try to trust you today, Daddy. No, friend, they don't try, they do it. No struggle, no wrestling, no debate, no discussion necessary. How do you think the Apostle Paul was able to stand up and declare, I'm troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I'm perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Because he was a man who learned quickly that this kingdom living is not for triers. Let me just tell you right here, the voice in your ear that says, it's okay, just keep trying, is not the voice of God. Here's a new and better victory strategy for you to live by today. If at first you don't succeed, just do it. Don't make room for an again. Well, I'll try again. That's a vicious, destructive cycle that the devil tries to trap so many, and so many people, even too many of God's people are trapped in that kind of cycle. I, I, I'm just trying to love God. I'm trying I'm just, I, 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 I fell, I, I get, I, I'll try again. And it didn't work the first time, didn't work the hundredth time, it didn't work the millionth time, I'll try again. Folks, have a, I can do it. I will. Because as long as you keep just trying, there's all going to always be an again. You'll always need a next time. You'll always need a do-over. You'll always need another chance all the time. And you know, you don't, have, you, you don't have to try to fail. Nobody tries to fail. Failures happen. Mistakes happen. Accidents happen. Nobody tries to fail. Nobody tries to make an, a mistake. Nobody tries to have an accident. How absurd is that? 
Those things are going to happen. So I came to tell you, stop trying to trust God and trust God. Stop trying to love others and love others. Stop trying to give and give. Stop trying to be faithful and be faithful. Stop trying to repent and repent. Stop trying to serve God and serve God. Stop trying to love Him and love Him. Stop trying to praise Him and open up your mouth, lift up your hands and give God some praise. And folks, I'm here to tell you there's a power in His love that will enable you to do that. No more trying. I'm going to do it. As God is my example and He is my strength and in Him I can do all things. And yes, I, you'll stumble, but again, you don't, I'm trying my best. Don't have that attitude because you'll fall every time. I'm trying, I'm just, oh, I'm so... Don't try anymore. Give God everything. Don't try. Give him your all. And you will win. You will conquer. We're more than conquerors <clears throat> through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. And this whole service, I think, today has been about victory and about overcoming and breaking through and conquering being set free, prison doors coming open. I had some jail breaks happening around here by the power of the love of God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, you never told any one of us to just try, try, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. That's a lie from the devil that traps too many people in a vicious, destructive cycle of never succeeding anywhere in their faith, in their love walk, in their disciplines, in their prayer life, in their giving. So, Lord, we, we're not trying anymore. I'm not going to try to ask you to save me. I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me. I'm not trying to do good, trying to live good. That's impossible. That's a ridiculous, uh, impossible uh, it, it can't happen. There is no, not enough strength in human flesh and the human will to be good enough to be received and accepted by you. So, Lord, we, we come under the blood today. Wash us afresh today, Holy Spirit. Break the vicious cycle of if at first you don't succeed, try, try. We're not trying anymore. We're going to love you. We're going to love one another. We're going to serve you. We're going to live for you. We're going to live according to your will and your purpose. We're going to walk out the rest of our days in a way that pleases our God. And people are going to look at us and know we love you because they're going to see how we love and serve one another. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, in this and on this battlefield of this church, the victory is ours. Hallelujah. The victory is ours. So I thank you. You know, I want to ask you to just, everybody just step out from where you're seated. Just come up here. Let's just worship the Lord for a minute before we rush out of here. Obviously, we've all got a busy week with Thanksgiving. Can, can you settle that in your own heart? Lord, I bring all this trying and I lay it down at your feet. I'm done trying. I'm done trying. I believe the, the, your word that says your love will give me the power <clears throat> to overcome, the power to be victorious. Lord, your love will give me the power to forgive the one that I don't like. 
and to even forgive the one that's hurt me, that's abused me, that's lied on me. Lord, destroy and defeat this whole lie called trying right now in our lives. There's no room for that. There's never any victory for triers. Lord, we go into the battle to win. We are winners. We are winners. We are victors. We are conquerors more than. We are victorious. We are those who break through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. No more trying. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see. Hallelujah. For the battle. Thank you, Lord. The victory is mine. I'm not trying anymore. I lay that down. I receive it. I walk in your healing. I walk in your forgiveness. I walk in your love. Oh, Lord, I'm not trying to believe. I believe. I'm not trying to trust. I trust you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Come on, don't try to praise Him. I said, stop trying to praise Him. Stop trying. Stop trying. Give Him a praise. Stop trying to lift up a shout and lift up a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop trying and just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yes, Lord. Victory is mine today. I'm not trying anymore. Hallelujah. 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 Not trying to believe. I believe. I'm not trying to have faith. I have faith. Shut up, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Stop trying to be at peace and be at peace. Stop trying to have joy and have joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shut up, Osaha. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, my friends, stop trying to stand and stand there for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand there for. In the power of the love of God for you. The power of the love of God through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And to that we say, Amen. Amen.
that the Lord bless you. Have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.